GMGM, everyone, bonjour, guten morgen, dobro utro, labrit. That is basically the way how we do it here in Web3 space in Europe. Uh, we're happy to have everyone on our weekly episode of Origins XYZ. This time, the New Year first episode. The Web3 show about origins of the biggest OGs in the space with this European spirit, European smile. As you know, we're live every Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT time. And as always, I'm your co-host, Nikita Tsikaluk, together with outstanding co-host, Hanna, a.k.a. Rekt Alice. Make sure, guys, that you share the space. Make sure that you send it to your friends because I want to make it big. We want to address all the questions today because with us today, we have a very special, very beautiful, very talented guest. We have uh, Mikol from uh, Vertical Crypto Art, Mikol from uh, Proof of People. And uh, today we're going to talk about a lot of topics. We're going to talk about recent trends in crypto art. We're going to talk about some of the most emerging and already established artists. We're going to talk about what to expect from uh, crypto art, crypto culture in 2023, as well as uh, the upcoming proof of people events that's happening in New Year, uh, in New York uh, in April of this year. So, Mikol, once again, GM, GM, happy to have you here today. GM, thank you for having me and starting the year with me, actually. Very, very happy to be here. Hannah, I'm also happy to see you because, uh, as our listeners know, last time you were having holidays and I'm also happy to see you back because uh, I missed you, my friends. Oh, thank you. I missed you too. But um, I actually saw a tweet today that really resonated with me about FOMO, but I didn't have FOMO not doing spaces, sorry, Nikki, but it, it really resonated about having the confidence and convictions to know when to say yes and when to say no and not to give in to FOMO next year because it's actually really hard to do that and to say I actually am carving out time to be with my family or with my friends or just even for myself um, but having those values and making sure that you stick to those values during the next year is something that I am really passionate about and feel strongly about having that that work-life balance um so yeah I did take a even though it was a, an episode last week which I think you should all listen to with the amazing I see who blew me away when I met her and she's just an amazing force in the space very knowledgeable in her own right and also a lovely person so I was gutted to miss it but I really did need a week completely offline and just to be present and um I and I feel much better for it so Sorry about that, Nikki. And we we'll love Thank it. You. And, and we we'll love I, it. I, I You're promise back. to do the same for you when you take your week at some point. But it's it's amazing to start the show with Mikol App, who has been a, a friend and a colleague in the space for a while now. She's part of uh, something that I love called London Women Leading Web3, a group of, of amazing women in, um, in Web3. But she's also a, a force of nature, really, I would say, in the art space. And I've been dying really, Mikol, to ask you about your story and how you got into the space for a while now. We, ha we actually haven't, we're doing this live on Spaces. I've, I've never had this conversation with you because you're always, always working. You, every time I speak to you, you're always busy. You're always creating. 
And whatever I go to that you do or whatever I see that you've done just blows me away. You're just unbelievable in what you, the, the contribution that you've pulled off in such a short space of time is, is just mind blowing. So I think it's going to be a great space today to find out about what drives you, uh, your origin story and lots and lots of things that you've got in store and planned for this year, which I know is, is going to be of huge interest. Um, but to start off, I'd, I'd love, I'd love, I really, really wanted to hear, Nicole, sorry, Nikki, and I'll hand over to you in a second, but I really wanted to hear about your origin story. Like, who are you? Where are you from? How did you get into Web3? But before even how you got into Web3, like, who are you as a person? And tell us a bit about your, your background, really. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the wonderful intro, Hannah. Like it's uh, every every time I speak to you, you're you're always um, pumping me up, which is like amazing. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to start this year actually like this because the the last like the last day of the year, I I spent uh, like five or six hours doing like a recap thread of everything that happened in 2022 uh, that we did at Vertical Crypto Art, and I realized that actually this year is the third year of like the existence of vertical crypto art, which is, which is huge. Like it's, it's a lot, you know, three years are, are quite a long time, especially uh, for, for this space and for this ecosystem. Um, so it, it was nice to, to reflect back on like everything that, that we did and, and how it came about. But um, yeah, a little bit about me. So I am uh, originally Italian. I, I've lived in London for over 10 years. Uh, I moved here for uni and then kind of stayed. And um, I, I was, I've always, like my career and like where I started working has always been primarily in tech. Um, big corporate companies actually, starting from like IBM and then moving on to Facebook and Instagram where I spent almost six years um, before, uh, yeah, before, before leaving and, and kind of going into, into web free. Um, and in, in Facebook and in Instagram, I was working with a variety of different roles, but the last three years that I spent there, I was actually working with creators, uh, influencers, public figures, um, and, and all of that, uh, primarily on, on Instagram and basically, you know, like do it, helping them kind of like create content and build their social profiles on, on, on social media, on the platform, which is uh, interesting and um, a, a good segue as well to kind of like what I'm doing now, because in, in a lot of ways, uh, it feels almost like an extension of uh, the work that, that I'm doing now with artists and like what we've created with Vertical Crypto Art to a certain extent. Um, and and it's like always feels like very related. When I started the Vertical Crypto Art, I thought, oh, you know, like what I was doing before has nothing to do with this. But actually, in many ways, it does uh, kind of like moving from, you know, like a web to giant essentially um to then building something of my own in an in an ecosystem uh that favors uh or tries to favor decentralization and uh creators uh ownership and um and yeah like all of these kind of like um ideas of of an ideals of web free which uh are what got me interested and excited to start building in the space um so yeah, like I wow. So one, one, one second, Miko, can we take a step yeah. back? So you came from Italy, and then you were working in London with IBM, moving on to 
into Facebook and Instagram, two of the largest sort of, well, in, Facebook then bought Instagram, but like uh, really, really large Web2 companies doing social media marketing. And, and then at some point, something happened and you decided what to suddenly leave. I mean, what you're doing now is almost, I would say, you're cre- you've created your own, I don't know if you've created your own company, but I'm interested to hear how that happens and what that felt like to leave a job in a quite a big corporate structure and, and a job that's quite probably envied by a lot of people, especially three years ago, working at Instagram is kind of cool. Um, you probably have, you know, a good salary, stable job, lots of prospects. What was it that made you decide to then change and go into what you're doing, which is hugely risky, very different? And to, to be honest, I'm actually shocked because I thought you had an art background and you, you come across as someone so knowledgeable in the art space as well. Has that all been in three years? So I've got all these questions for you, but let's start off with how, what was that point? What made you decide to do that? How did it feel? How did it all start this, this journey? And I want to paraphrase it a bit because what Hannah just mentioned with all this set of different questions is actually one big question. Why have you decided to put Web3 over Web2? Because you had a wonderful salary, you had a wonderful position. Basically, for a majority of people out here, it's uh, the work of your dream. But you still decided to go into something riskier into this ocean of unknown called Web3 and you're succeeding here right now. Have you run away, Miko? Was that question too long? Oh, sorry. I thought I had a muted, but I'm. But I'm. I was speaking with the microphone off. So yeah, no. Actually, it was a combination of different things. Um, I think five years, six years, you know, in in a corporate, actually almost like eight years in in corporate uh, structures and companies. Uh, can have a lot of benefits, as, as you mentioned, um, but can at one point, I think for me, uh, become a bit demotivating. Um, and actually, like, in many ways, I started, I started in Facebook and I was quite young. Uh, I was about 21 or 22 when I started there. So like, it really kind of like built up, you know, my, my like, person like as 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 a human like uh and and like my career as well um and at the start it's it's as you said it's very flashy it's very nice everybody kind of wanted to work there uh which is which is wonderful but as I went like deeper and deeper into the role and also like finding out you know and, and discovering a lot of like the core values that the company is built on uh I started realizing more and more that maybe they didn't necessarily fit with my values uh, and, and what I like believed in and what I wanted to do. Um, and, and I think like the turning point for me was actually funnily enough when uh, we, when Instagram actually launched Reels and uh, this happened like in, I think it was the start of 2019, uh, basically when kind of TikTok started, uh, you know, becoming big, then obviously Instagram had to like counteract with something. And that's, that's when they, they, they launched Reels. Um, and, and with Reels, you know, I was kind of like, because the nature of my job was essentially helping like influencers, creators to create content and make it work on the platform. I realized how dependent 
uh, creators, artists, you know, people who, users, essentially, everybody who uses the, the, these platforms like Instagram and, to be honest, all others, even Twitter, you know, us, um, are dependent on very centralized decisions, uh, almost like a, a tiny group of people that decides, you know, wh what, it, what, it, what it's going to be. And actually it affects um, massively, like, uh, lives and and how and how people yeah li like do their job and and this started to kind of like get a toll on me um because i was seeing it like firsthand uh and i was working in it um and and so like kind of slowly you know you know when you kind of get that little like thing in your head that starts saying mm, i don't know if this is like what I want to do. Uh, I don't know if this is what I actually am interested in. And, and I don't even know if it feels right, to be honest. Um, and so it kind of came at like a time where uh, the pandemic had just started. So kind of like end of 2019, start of 2020. And I had uh, some friends of mine um, who were actually talking to me about uh, crypto uh, and, and more specifically about uh, crypto art as a genre. So um initially you know the, the, uh, one of these one of these friends he's he's an artist and he was uh he discovered you know the the, the ecosystem of super rare quite early on like end of 2019 start of 2020 so not you know like og as maybe you know robbie barrett but still like very early and um he yeah he was just talking to me about this and and kind of like thought that it it was interesting for me to know because it's similar to what i was doing but also in a completely different uh landscape and with completely different ethos and values and and with this kind of like ideology of of, of web free and decentralization and kind of creators owning their content and deciding what they wanted to do with it um, and so initially I kind of dismissed it quite a lot specifically because I, I was like, oh, it's too close to like finance and I don't know anything about finance. I don't care. I, I'm not a trader. You know, I, I, I never bought Bitcoin or Ethereum or nothing like that beforehand. Uh, but as, as I think like a few people maybe have this experience, but you know, you, you kind of like go into the pandemic, you're, you're not going to work anymore. All those like little flashy things that like happen at Facebook or Meta now uh, start to get less and less flashy and nice. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just started looking into crypto primarily. And um, I was listening to, uh, actually, what, what really got me interested was listening to a lot of Vitalik's uh, podcasts and conversations uh, that he was uh, he was having with different people. Uh, so I was I was uh, reading his blog posts. I was listening to like podcasts on YouTube. I remember one thing that really stuck with me was the conversation that he that Vitalik had with Lex Friedman, which if you haven't like listened to it, I would 100% recommend it. Also, I, I love Lex Friedman. Um, and, and I think the, the conversation that they had was was for me like um definitely kind of like inspired me to to take certain decisions as well with with vertical crypto art and what and what we're doing and so yeah like that's that's kind of like the the way that i started documenting primarily myself about uh cryptocurrencies uh, and about um ethereum and uh this whole ecosystem and through there and through this this friend of mine, this artist friend, I then kind of also slowly started documenting myself more and more on the whole uh, ecosystem of like crypto art and, and what was happening in that space at the time, which 
bear in mind it was like 2000 early 2020 and there weren't that many artists uh minting like I, I could probably count on my fingers like the artists that were around at that time I'm stopping because I spoke a lot so well I, I, I just can't get over that story you just, you just don't understand what an amazing story that is like seriously what you've just said is that you literally left a really secure job with so much opportunity because of your principles and your ethos and you just were uncomfortable and you felt that this was you know an amazing opportunity and and jumped in feet first <laughs> um into into this space because of what it symbolizes which is i i just think that web3 needs role models like you like I, I keep saying this about you and i i keep saying you are an amazing role model and i i feel you also have whenever i meet you this this aura of calm and knowledge and quiet sort of um dignity but at the same time you know to do to do what you did takes a lot of courage i mean how did it feel for you to to to, <laughs> to do that how how must it have felt well, if you ask my parents still now, they're like, why did you do it? <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, like, actually, all of my, all, it, it's funny, because like, it was very much a decision that I like, kind of took on my own, because even like, uh, like Phil, you know, like Phil, who you met, who is, you know, my co-founder of Red Crypto, like the people around me were saying, you know, don't leave like Facebook, you know, like keep it because we don't know what's going to happen with like vertical crypto art. So for, for a while, like it was kind of like starting vertical crypto art and still like working at uh, Facebook meta. Um, and then like at one point I was like, I just can't do it. Like it's it's not what I want to do. And if it works, uh, if vertical crypto art works great, if it doesn't, then I'll do something else um, in, in this space or, you know, in, in, in the space that I feel more comfortable in. So I kind of, um, yeah, I, I took the risk and uh it is still a risk you know like every day is a risk um having you know your own startup which essentially is, is what vertical crypto art is uh is not easy um in many ways it's very challenging it's very stressful um but but it's actually like exciting and um yeah for me it was it was like it was it was just a hundred percent. I was gonna, I was gonna leave. Like there was no way out of it, um, and and I was very convinced about it. And the more I, I spent time like working in the space and discovering about like crypto art and like talking to all of these artists and listening to like conversations and you know being on Twitter, like opening the Twitter profile, the more I was like, this is where I want to be, um, and this is where I want to build. Um, I do believe that is the beauty of this space, actually. The more time you spend out here, you understand how little you understand about everything that is going around you and how much more things you can develop in the upcoming years. I should also mention that uh, Miko, apart from uh, being successful, and I do believe that all our Listeners already understand that successful not only in Web3, but previously as well in Web2, she's extremely humble person. It's not only about the end result, it's actually about the way how you do it. And I know that uh, whenever I see you in person, you're surrounded by like-minded people, people who respect you, people who want to grow with you, 
uh, you are not putting yourself above everything, everyone else, even though you have uh, the needed knowledge, the needed skill set. You're at the same level as people, and you help these people to grow uh, in Web3, in uh, crypto art space. So I'm extremely privileged to know you in person, just like uh, Alice, just like uh, Hannah, just like Lydia out here. Uh, we're all connected with you in person, and you're extremely successful and positive uh, minded person not only in business but also in the real world and I do believe that is the key to long term success because this space, the trends in the space, it changes every week every month but if you understand the whole space in general if you are passionate about blockchain about crypto, about Web3 in general, you're going to find your way so I wanted to also give some props to Mikkel about uh, for being a good friend and a real person, uh, not wearing different masks, which Thank which you, is a lot. Peter. And likewise. So, so, so true. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, Mikol, you were talking about vertical crypto art as really your first, I would say, on, you've got a series of things like what we want to talk about. Nikki and I were talking about, first, we definitely want to talk about proof before the end of the show. But let's start with vertical crypto art. Like that's your, that, that was your first sort of, entrepreneurship business and and you know you were talking about the challenges of running your own businesses and the successes can you tell us a bit more about what it is the challenges the successes what you, the future every you know a little bit about vca and, and what it means to you and and what what your plans are for it in the future yeah sure um maybe i can take a step back and like also look at like how vca started because really yeah, this um it's it's kind of interesting for me still to think about like how how it started and w what it has become. So when when uh, you know kind of like discovering about uh, crypto and I, I like web free and crypto art, then the way that like vertical crypto art started was really like as a Twitter profile. Like that that was all it was. There was no website. There was no company. Like there was no um, sort of like big plan to make this, you know, business. Um, it was very much like my own discovery into the space. And so uh, primarily how Vertical Crypto started, especially like early kind of like mid 2020 was actually more of like a content channel. So I was um, using it as a way to find out and educate myself actually about um about the ecosystem so i was hosting like artist interviews uh we were doing i was doing like live streams almost like every day with like artists uh, like i don't know brandon who you've had on here or like mario klingerman or even like more kind of like nft um blockchain like based people such as like nate alex who is like co-founder of nft42 and, and jimmy eth were like quite quite like early crypto kitties like traders um and and learning like about even the technology like the technical part of blockchain so you know what does it mean for like nfts to be on chain to be like semi on chain and, and all of that and uh, it, it was it was how like we developed organically really um, vertical crypto art as primarily like a almost like a social media kind of like platform I would say or like content channel initially um, and the more 
uh, we like the more you know that it was it was me initially and then like those have got on board who is actually here and you know we kind of like started thinking okay you know what can we do in this space uh, that we're passionate about and that is also probably like something that we see is missing um, and really it was something that I, I, I'm passionate about for sure is obviously like arts and like creators. That's kind of what I was doing before in, in a different context in, uh, in at Meta. Uh, and also like, I've, I've always been, uh, I would say like with my family and like, I've always been kind of like exposed to art from a very young age. So it's something that I've always, uh, had a passion and a hobby uh, for. And, uh, the fact that, you know, there was a space, uh, which was very, um, felt very underground, like artists were, you know, minting work and saying, you know, I am an artist because I feel like I'm an artist and I don't need like an external uh, ecosystem or somebody else to tell me like an auction house or a gallery or an art dealer to tell me I am an artist, uh, were, it w felt very akin to to what I was interested in. And, and that's kind of like how we started uh, really kind of focusing on this web-free like art and culture ecosystem and thinking, okay, what, what can we do to provide value and, uh, and make it better? And uh, realistically at the time, very few people, I, honestly, I, I can only think about like one other entity that was doing uh, curation and like trying to like help and elevate creators and artists in the space. And so there was a really uh, big... Um, what, what, what was the entity, by the way? Uh, MOCTA, Museum of uh, Contemporary Art, from, uh, found, founded by Serena. And um, yeah, the, at the time it was the only, really like the only one that I can remember. Um, and, and, you know, like it, we, we thought, okay, this, this, there's an opportunity to really uh, start uh, talking and like elevating these artist stories because uh, the artist stories are what is what is really interesting about about the space as well so for example like uh, a lot of people might not know this or or you do I don't know but uh, a lot of the crypto art um, early kind of like ecosystem uh, started uh, in Argentina and there's like a huge um, community of artists based in Argentina who were very early to minting on super rare at the time and known origin as well, um, who was actually like the first artist that we ever like spoke to interviewed and started doing like curatorial work with. And uh, all of these kind of like buckets um, of the ecosystem were, were super interesting. And so, and so that's how we kind of like started developing vertical crypto art more as like a curatorial studio. And at the time platforms like, super rare uh then nifty gateway came about uh maker's place uh, known origin of course um rareable they didn't really have anyone who was doing curation for them like they just had you know they they were a tech company like they are tech companies so they had devs they had uh you know the ceos the founders and and that was kind of it um so we kind of became almost like their curatorial like voice and arm so we were we were actually like doing curation for super rare for like nifty gateway for uh known origin for rareable and every week we would like create content uh which was i don't know for example like uh 10 or 15 like artist picks 
um, that you know I, I kind of like found researching on on the platform, etc. And we would create this content and give space to these artists to essentially be known. Um, and and yeah, that's that's kind of like how how it started. So if we go back to like. I don't know, 2020 and the start of 2021 as well, uh, vertical crypto art was, yeah, it was primarily uh, very much about uh, content and curation. And uh, yeah, that's that's like the, the start of it. That's very inspiring story, taking into account that uh, a lot of our listeners, I see Queen, I see Button, John uh, in the audience today, they started very similar to you. Started when no one actually knew what was this technology about. They needed to risk uh, their time, uh, their efforts. And actually, I want to ask you one of my favorite questions to crypto artists, creators, people who are uh, somehow connected to art in general, we know that most probably the biggest difference between crypto art back then, let's say three, five years ago, and now is the fact that uh, back then there were like a couple of artists, a couple of uh, art pieces, a couple of platforms at the end of the day that people were uh, aware of. Let's compare the previous year, year 2021, with the years that just ended, 2022. How do you think people's perception of crypto art, and I mean people in Web3 who are into Web3 gaming, uh, who are into NFT or crypto trading, how do their perception of crypto artists and crypto exhibition, crypto art exhibition, changed uh, in the period of one year. Are people more eager to learn about crypto art, to start collecting crypto art, because they see all these uh, big people like Pac, uh, G-Money, uh, Cosimo Medici, who are collecting, who are supporting uh, newcoming artists, and they want also to learn about it? Or do you still believe that we're extremely early in the, the whole wave of uh, crypto art in Web3? I don't think we're early anymore, to be honest. Um, I think the the phase of, I mean, to search in, in and I, I get in kind of discuss, discussions about this because I don't think we're early and then people say, yes, we're early. But to, to in the in the big scheme of things, I guess we're early. But when it comes to uh, specifically like crypto art, digital art, you know, generative art, and also like the, 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 the definitions of what are these is also quite interesting to, to think about as well, um, is, is that I think it's being more and more um, accepted as a uh, medium, as a canvas for art. And um, for sure, the huge like influx of you know collectors traders platforms exhibitions um presence at like art fairs and and all of these like kind of like in real life uh, moments that have connected crypto art digital art generative art to uh the wider kind of like art ecosystem have definitely made it a thing um, so, so people are not, um, are not surprised when you say, you know, I collected, uh, an art piece that is minted on the blockchain, which, you know, is, is an NFT. Um, it's, it's actually quite common. Like I remember when I, I, I kind of never even told people what I was doing at the start of like 2020 and 2021, because 
nobody really knew about it. So, you know, when I was trying to explain it, people would be like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? Uh, have you gone crazy? Like, why did you leave, you know, Facebook to go and do something that I have no idea what you're talking about? But now, you know, it's, it's actually like a very uh, normal, common, you know, everybody, everybody knows what an NFT is. Uh, everybody knows uh, that there's art minted on the blockchain, which can be sold. Um, so yeah, I think for sure the, the ecosystem has evolved and, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it will continue to evolve. I don't know how much it's, I I feel it's still very, it's still separate from like the contemporary and uh, traditional art world. And it's something that I think, you know, if, if you go to some of these like art puzzles and like these events, you feel it, you know, you, you know, that there's still a, a, a separation between like digital art, crypto art and uh, contemporary art. Um, but I think it's, it's getting closer and closer to being maybe more aligned. I was going to, I was going to ask you about that before we move on to uh, future plans and proof, but I think 2023 is actually going to be a very interesting year in terms, especially in the art world, in terms of whether the traditional art world are going to fully embrace NFT or digital art, so to speak, or not. Because uh, definitely, I would say in the more general crypto world, because of the past year, 2023 was obviously a very hairy and precarious year um a lot of people are quite anti and and sort of like don't want to get involved or don't want to touch it now um and i definitely feel in the traditional art space as well you have two two very polarized views you have galleries that are fully embracing and fully adopting and others that are again very anti um and i'm wondering if you think that this sort of polarized viewpoint is going to get bigger or whether you see this uh this sort of polarized viewpoint actually narrowing over the next 12 months in in your in your current you know you're very in this you're very immersed you're speaking to art people all the time art collectors all the time especially in the digital space but what about getting we we need to we need more people the collector space I, i would say is very small right now uh, especially in the digital uh, and NFT art, especially even more so in the generative art space. You know, how are we going to get mass adoption here? Do you even want mass adoption? And what's your experience in terms of these polarized viewpoints um, going forward? Nicole? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting question. I think in, in many ways, um, I, first of all, I 100% agree that we definitely uh, need or should uh, kind of like have a wider ecosystem of like art NFT collectors. Um, I think actually what scares the art uh, industry and and world the most about um, crypto art is the term NFTs and like all all the bad uh, press and bad... um, kind of like marketing, I guess, in a way uh, that has been created around this term. And actually, like, I think in more and more, even I saw it even in the last uh, Art Basel in Miami in December, there's going to be, and I hope, you know, it it will really be the year of 2023 to separate like 
NFTs with um, digital art, crypto art, generative art, because all of these are like very different buckets. You know, NFT is is essentially the, the, the meaning non-fungible token, which has a variety of different applications. And I think uh, the fact that has, it has been associated so much and so closely with art, because art was the first use, real use case that kind of like made it into you know, mass media with people um, for NFTs has made the ecosystem, you know, the, the outside audience, let's say, uh, think that NFTs are just art. And so that, that NFTs are, are just one big bucket of everything. And, um, and that's not the case. So I think once this separation happens, which it will happen for sure, um, maybe this year, I think, I think probably this year, then the contemporary art world will also be more prone to uh, not like dismissing um, this, this ecosystem and actually embracing it and being an active participant in it. If, you, if I think about uh, you know, art blocks and PACE uh, collaborating, PACE is a huge gallery in like the, the contemporary art world. You know, they are a very big name. Um, I was speaking to a, um, a collector that, that we work with uh, who they're primarily actually contemporary art collectors. They barely collect any, any uh, digital art. They've collected some uh, from us, but it's kind of like been their first step into the space. And uh, as like crypto went down, they kind of obviously like, you know, took less notice and went back to, you know, collecting contemporary art as they do normally in, in their day-to-day -day life. Um, and, and, they were, and we were talking and they were saying, you know, I, the, the, their like worry or kind of like the, their barrier to keep collecting uh, digital art was the fact that when they go to, you know, Art Basel and like all of these like big fairs or galleries like Gagosian and many others, uh, they still don't see um, that this kind of digital art and, and crypto art being adopted by these big galleries. And if they do, they see it adopted like badly. I think one of the problems that uh, is, is really core to this issue is that the examples that uh, some of these, uh, that the contemporary art world maybe has seen about like art, contemporary artists doing NFTs or uh, contemporary galleries doing NFTs or doing crypto art has not been the best because maybe they haven't had uh, people from the inside that are working in Web3 that know about digital art, that know about crypto art, who can like help them, educate them, consult with them on how to do it in the best way possible. And so obviously this kind of creates a very uh, a cycle, a, a vicious circle of thinking, oh, but if this is what an NFT is, then I don't want anything to do with it because it's, a, it's, it's been a massive failure or I have just seen failures. But rather, like, if, if you know about what, you know, crypto art is and digital art is and generative art is and how it is going to be, like, the way that people consume, I think, in my view, uh, consume, sell, create art in the future, then um, you see it in a completely different perspective. So, for example, like, the, the, this collector was saying, well, I see it from you because and i know that it, the, how you do it is kind of like the right way but then the 90 percent of the other uh, people like I, I just see you know things that i don't want anything to do with so the the fact that like there's these kind of like smaller ecosystems like vertical crypto art who you know we're still 
in, in the bigger in the big scheme of things like small um are, are still separated from like the the mass like contemporary art world is what i think is kind of like the bridge that needs to happen and that will help this um this space and uh this you know the, the digital art uh ecosystem like move uh more together or at least hand in hand with the contemporary art world it is still west world like let's be honest people don't actually know what should be considered as this uh crypto art web3 art traditional art and as you said uh, this horizon this line between uh traditional art and crypto art is becoming more and more blurry which is good potentially in the next couple of years there will be no distinguishment between one and another, and you uh, being this front runner at uh, vertical crypto art, uh, collecting all these bright minds, introducing them to the world, uh, introducing the traditional world to this crypto art uh, is the right way to do. Before we move to pop, I know that Hannah specifically wanted to ask a couple of questions about the upcoming event in New York. Uh, New York. I wanted to ask you this question. Who are your role models when it comes to crypto art, whether through uh, whether from artist perspective or maybe even uh, from art uh, creation uh, perspective? Who are the people uh, that inspire collectors, artists, uh, creators that inspire you the most uh, throughout your journey? Very hard question, um, but definitely when you were asking the question, somebody that uh, I think has inspired um, me uh, from a very early uh, time with Vertical Crypto Art and has actually been uh, a very important supporter as well of what we've been doing and I think is a wonderful uh, artist and, and mind is uh, Mario Klingerman, so Quasimondo on, on Twitter. Uh, he was actually one of the first people, if not the first artist that we uh, interviewed with, like we did a live stream together in uh, 2020, uh, late 2020. And, um, and yeah, like the way that he uh, kind of like thinks about uh, things, uh, it's super experimental, a very big risk taker. Um, gets bored really easily and so tries to do and, and look for the new thing all the time um, has, is, is, is something that has been very inspiring to me and, uh, and, and in, in building, uh, you know, vertical crypto art as well. So I, I definitely have to, uh, yeah, I definitely would, would, would say him as, as, as a first and then so many others. Like I honestly, I'm, I'm very inspired by like, artists all the time recent like one of the artists that we work quite closely with who i think is is amazing is called joelle snaith uh as well we actually work together uh during proof of people she works with she's a visual artist for richie otten but also is a a an amazing artist uh and she, yeah she's she's a power force as well and and super inspiring i think the work that she does is is incredible uh quite undervalued uh still i would say but i think it's just a matter of time um and so many others um yeah but i think if i have to yeah choose nicole you you actually did your own drop recently as well yeah can you talk a little bit about that yeah of course yeah fast, fast, i actually um entered and, and participated in yeah. the entire experience which is amazing 
Um, yes. And I think quite a quite a, a milestone, both technically and also must have felt a bit of a culmination for you in terms of taking all your experiences and knowledge and creating your own sort of and un- don't forget to unmute my dear yeah no no, no. I'm, I'm good I, I lost you there for a second but, but I'm back um, yeah so this is actually uh, quite a it's it's actually like as you said like a real culmination of um a lot of things that uh we kind of like discovered and learned and wanted to change as well within within the ecosystem so at the end of uh december we launched a a project called fragments and uh fragments is a uh gamified generative art project which uh, basically is uh, made with dynamic NFTs and that allows users uh, to play this this game and be in this ecosystem where you can combine uh, fragments to create uh, a cube. And uh, the idea is to essentially um, reward and uh, kind of like create a protocol and, and, a, and a leaderboard that rewards uh, users and you know people who are uh, playing this game based on their ability and skill to be able to uh, combine these fragments and create a full cube. So something that um, when when we kind of like started, uh, especially when the, the all of these NFT projects started kind of like 2021, mid 2021, um, as you know, as, as, as a team, like we thought about how these projects uh, come about and, and what makes, you know, these projects like successful and, you know, kind of like how, how, the, how the market moves around these projects. And I think uh, the majority of them uh, are primarily like based on capital, right? So like the more capital you have, the more you can invest, the more, you know, you're, you're you know, you become like an important holder uh, and you can move the markets, you can move the floor, you can kind of like manipulate in a way as well um, the, the, the ecosystem. And so with Fragments, we actually wanted to create uh, something that uh, is rewarding uh, users and is rewarding people that participate in the Fragment ecosystem, not just based on like luck and capital, but actually based on like skill and ability. So with this... Um, Every fragment is associated with mathematical attributes. Every fragment is uh, generative. Uh, Every fragment is uh, minted uh, randomly, but then you have to essentially figure out what are the best combinations for your fragments that you own and that you have to be able to combine combine them and to then create faces and ultimately a full cube. And uh, it's been very interesting actually to see the people that are slowly understanding the the project because it's it's definitely a I would say first of all very innovative project and uh, something that is completely new within this ecosystem um, and that has not been done before and that is not uh, let's say like super easy to understand at first but as soon as uh, people 
get into the concept of fragments and what it can do and actually how it can even change the, the ecosystem as, as like a, a wider kind of like a picture, it becomes uh, very interesting to see people like play with it. So for example, like uh, recently we had a, um, uh, one of the users, one of the, the holders that has been uh, combining fragments and has created, um, he's, he's, he, he managed to combine and create like two full faces. And actually um, he went to search into the secondary like market. So the people who had already minted fragments, what would be the best fragment for him to be able to combine it and to uh, fit, like complete the full faces. So uh, it does take... Um, you know, thinking and uh, yeah, like it, it kind of like takes yeah a little bit more thinking and a little bit more thought into uh, the the game and understanding the concept. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 something that we're we're developing. So we'll have actually some some new things coming out soon. A reward system for uh, people who have completed faces, uh, people who will complete the cube. And um, some more updates on the on the DAP as well. I love the gamify element because it's something that uh, reminds me of uh, Gorius compound. And I know that you congratulated him on his Christmas present a couple of weeks ago. His compound, where you can get a couple of different pieces of uh, generative art and then combine those into some kind of figure. And I know that more and more artists nowadays are having this in-gamify elements. Uh, you remember Thank You X, uh, latest drop, which you also could combine uh, into pieces. And I know that uh, Hannah was going into it to combine a couple of pieces. So I really love what you're doing. And uh, I do believe that the best thing about what you're doing is the fact that you're doing it with passion, with passion and determination. You have a belief in the whole space and you want uh, to share this belief, this vision with more and more people. Not that long ago, uh, you announced very specific dates, April 12th till 3rd, New York, 2023. That is basically the date of the next pop conference, Proof of People by Vertical Crypto Art. Let us know a bit more about what can people expect from the next conference, the next event coming to New York. And I know that Quinn, uh, the VP of Growth, is right now here listening to us. So perhaps it's also good for Quinn to know what will be happening uh, around NFT NYC in uh, New York. So let us know what can we expect. Yeah, uh, definitely. So Proof of People was an event, a uh, festival actually, that we uh, launched uh, last year. So in 2022, in July, we hosted a three-day uh, festival for art and culture uh, on the blockchain in London. And uh, we had a variety of different elements to this festival. It was the art, for sure. So we had an exhibition. Uh, we had live minting with FXHash. We had... Uh, immersive experiences with uh, like virtual reality, with um, uh, the Quasimondo who did like a, an artificial, like intelligent, like uh, installation. We had operator Anya and Dija who were doing like an analog 
uh, analog and then digital uh, experience uh, of like um, privacy portraits, which is kind of like redefining what profile picture projects are. So, and then panels, of course. And we also hosted. Can I, can I, I, I just have to say something before you carry on because I went to proof of people. <laughs> And I've been to a lot of events this year, as anyone who follows my Twitter thread can see. And I have to say, it's it was my favourite, literally my favourite event of the year. Um, I was blown away. You, you, Mika, because she's so modest and so humble, doesn't do it justice. But you have to understand, first of all, it was at Fabric, which I don't know if any of you have been to Fabric in London, but the building itself is just insane. And... It was just so brilliantly done. Like you walked in and you just felt you were in this special place. And you just, you were just blown. I was blown away. The The actual building itself just lent itself. And you felt like you were in a movie. I felt like I was in this movie. Walking around, the lighting, the speakers, the artists. Just everything was so real and so on point with the whole genre it was all generative it was all uh, I think that you had um, you had oh my god my brain isn't working because I've been off Web3 for so long but you you had Tezos that's it Tezos uh, uh, as a partner and, and they were very much the thread through the event and you got to mint on Tezos and FXash and all of this stuff was running through this thread and there was a big party and it was just so cool so much so that I had uh, a lot of people from America saying saying to me like, wow, this place, this looked amazing. I really, really want to be part of this. Ne tell me when the next one is. And now you're doing it in New York because I'm sure you had the same response. So you really managed to pull off something that actually is very, very hard to do. It's, it's really hard to get these in real life experiences right. And you got it right. Boy, did you get it right. Amazing. <laughs> yeah no it was um it was definitely special like we had this uh vision actually of what we wanted to do and to make you know this these kind of like blockchain performances happen in real life uh from like fashion to as i said like art to even music so we had like music live minting so people could mint live the dj set that was happening on one of the nights with the, the visuals that were accompanying uh, the set. Um, we had like dress acts with uh, digital fashion like collection that you could try on in AR. Um, we had like all sorts of like different, essentially blockchain performances that we brought to a space, which obviously if you know Fabric um, or if you don't as well, it's, it's, it's actually a club. It's like a music club during the weekend, but it's also uh, a very um, beautiful, like underground, exposed brick wall, almost like a labyrinth in a way, um, which kind of like suited the what we were trying to do and like the experience that we were trying to create uh, so beautifully because we really wanted it to be almost like, you know, melting in and kind of like losing yourself into uh proof of people and like all of the different kind of like experiences that we were that we were hosting and that the artists were 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 doing and that we created together with the artists and of course we had like a whole uh series of like panels and talks and workshops uh primarily focused on actually like education so educating uh people audiences actually also like non-web free audiences. So a lot of the people that came to Proof of People were not aware of what web free was or what like crypto art is, or they were minting like their first NFT because we were 
doing um, live minting free. So you could open a wallet super easily with any of your social logins and then like mint a generative art piece uh, for free. So a lot of people actually like got introduced to the concept of like live minting and actually owning a piece of like digital art through proof of people as well. And um, yeah, it was it was very special. And um, and we always thought about, you know, bringing this concept to different cities, uh, bringing this festival to different cities. And so this year, uh, I was almost going to say next year, but it's this year. Uh, we are we are doing uh, proof of people in partnership with uh, Refraction Festival, who also um, have been building in the space. Uh, some incredible in real life uh, festivals and events and we're actually doing it during NFT NYC so many people will be in town and I think it'll be a wonderful um, yeah a wonderful set of uh, two days where we'll be continuing on this kind of like idea of bringing like blockchain performances in the art and culture ecosystem to uh, an in real life setting uh, and it's going to be at Zero Space in Brooklyn, um, in New York, on the 12th and the 13th of April. So cool. I cannot wait. I'm sure everyone is very excited. But I have to tell you, this is definitely one not to miss. If it's based on the last the last proof that I went to, which literally blew me away, um, you you should not miss out and look out follow proof follow me follow vca and make sure that you get those tickets and go because it's definitely one not to be missed regardless of whether you're into generative art if you're not it's it's just an experience that i think everyone will love and be enriched by so exciting really really exciting this has been amazing i, I mean i've just so enjoyed hearing your story. I knew you were inspiring, Miko, but I didn't realize how inspiring you are. And I just feel like I could talk to you for days about so many more questions. But unfortunately, our time is, is coming to a close. Um, I don't know whether anyone else has anything they want to add or ask uh, Miko, but it's been I guess the, the biggest question right now for people who are listening, especially for the last part of our discussion, especially for Queen, uh, for me, for Lydia, for people who will be in New, uh, New York in April, is how to make sure that you're at both events at the same time. Both massive events, amazing people coming to New York. It seems like April gonna be going to be just massive. I, I don't know. Should I start planning already now? Or I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. But apart from that, Mikkel, I want to... Uh, add to what Hannah just said, you're extremely open-minded and positive person to know in this space. And it's not only about vertical crypto art, it's not only about your contribution to the space, but you being yourself, you believing in what you do the best and what you want to have to see for the space in the next couple of years, in the near future. So I want to say thank you very much for sharing with us all the insights. Thank you for sharing your original story. And we'll be more than happy to see you uh, with us later this year. We're definitely coming to New York, so you can expect us to be there. We're definitely seeing you in London very, very soon. Thank you for starting the year 2023 strong with us at Origins XYZ. Hannah, the last question for you. Go on. I mean, I don't, I don't have really any more questions for now. I just wanted to say a huge thank you it's, it, uh, to Miko and 
whether you've got any final thoughts that you want to share to end the spaces with anything you want to show um you know be my guest because you've been a great guest and um feel free to have the last word first of all thank you both so much like you're absolutely amazing i i want to have like a, a nikita and hannah like on my shoulder every day to to talk me and like to, <laughs> you're you're incredible so i i love uh listening to these spaces and being a guest on on these spaces uh they're they're really amazing and i like that you're focusing on uh, kind of like the origins and the OGs, because I think it's super important. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention, actually, is that yesterday we just opened an open call for writers um, for Fragments. So one thing that we're, we want to be doing and uh, yeah, collaborating more with like people who essentially uh, can help us like expand and explain and write about Fragments in the project. So if you are... Uh, don't necessarily have to be a writer but like if you're passionate about kind of like writing and like sharing threads and being like informative uh the pin post on vertical crypto art will give you like all the details of of how to yeah we we've pinned that as well please uh everyone share it uh and i will share it as well and we'll, we're all share it but that's very important and it's pinned for everyone to share thank you yeah and yeah, I mean, I look forward to seeing all of you very soon, Hannah, especially you that you're in London and I'll see you next week, I think. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you and uh, we will be back next week on Spaces. Uh, exactly. A whole we year have another guest. We have another guest coming to our Spaces next week. It's uh, known origin. Uh, we're going to talk with the team about the project next uh, week. As always, Origins XYZ, every Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT. I want to thank everyone who stayed with us till the very end. Mikol, you just said that you want to see Hannah when she's back in London. It's probably your the only person in the audience right now who don't know, but I'm about to move to London very soon as well. So uh, you'll be able to see me much more often so i'll be can't there wait uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much miko thank you very much everyone who joined us today lydia queen uh, uh, john you're amazing guys thank you very much and uh, happy new year once again to everyone happy new year happy new year thank you happy new year see you soon see you next week